Hello and welcome to the B2B Sales Playbook Podcast, brought to you as ever by Lead Forensics. I'm your host, Joe Caro. But this episode is the audio taken from our webinar, How to Close B2B Deals Quicker. I was joined for this by Toby Fellows, Global Head of Mid-Market Sales for Lead Forensics, and we explored the best tips and tricks for helping getting those deals over the line in record time. So without further ado, here is the Closing Deals Quicker Playbook with Toby Fellows. Let's jump straight into the questions I've got for you, Toby. How can sales leaders ensure that their teams are effectively managing multiple decision makers and stakeholders in a complex sales process? Uh, good question. So, so yeah, the challenge, I suppose, is knowing who those decision makers are, right? So, um, you know, often people get caught out thinking that they're at a certain place in the sales process because they believe they've got the right people. And it turns out there's actually a lot more people involved. So uh, first thing that we always do is make sure uh, prep. So you need to understand obviously who is in that decision-making process as early as possible so you can start bringing them in. Um, so, you know, that's super simple. You can use like LinkedIn when you have your first initial conversations, asking questions. Um, the, the next piece would be then to actually understand like what is the decision-making process. So understanding, okay, well, who has to go to who for sign off and who has to be involved? Is there boards involved, partners, et cetera? So if you understand who, who the players are and the process that business takes makes it a ton uh, more easy to obviously know what you've got to do next. Um, connect with them on LinkedIn, um, you know, look to try and meet with these other stakeholders, like bring them in to the process and that will help speed up relationships, you know, rather than you just being a name. Um, and then, you know, there will always be decision makers that don't want to be involved in the process or don't want to meet with you or they're too busy. So trying to obviously interact with them without speaking to them is, is can be tricky. So sharing updates, uh, like we do business cases, um, like where you're at in the sales process, um, bring them into the fold through things like uh, Vidyards. So that's another thing as well. Like you can create some sort of visual uh, stimulus that can help them see what's going on, that can make it a, a ton more easy to obviously get them bought into the process. Um, so uh, prepare, understand their processes, connect with as many people as possible, share updates, and then use sort of visual tools to help kind of um, speed things up as you go through. I think that's it, yeah. Yeah, it's it's always a, a, a fine balance to juggle, isn't it, when you're connecting with people on LinkedIn to sort of, you know, try and foster a relationship. But at the same time, if you've got a weekly quota that you've got to hit, you've got to hit it. So with, with that in mind, then, how how do you overcome those those bottlenecks and delays when you have a weekly quota? I think it's one of the biggest pains running sales where people talk about pipeline or Think I, I kind of use the analogy of, of a plane coming into land. So if you think you've got an opportunity and it's kind of, kind of coming to the land on the runway, um, sales, sales people will sell you everything. They're like, oh yeah, it's, it's, this deal's happening and this is when it's happening. And, oh yeah, it's going to happen here. And then when you kind of dig into it, you realize, you know, they haven't even started like the approach to the airport and it's so much further away than, than you thought it was. And it's, it's less kind of like bottlenecks in the sense of like things you can't overcome or, or delays you can't generally control, but people think that it's somewhere where it actually isn't in the process. Um, mm. And I suppose going back to the first question, that that's the biggest piece is understanding who the players are and what their processes are. Very little people actually ask the questions. So 
you know, if you love what you see and you like the product, what exactly is a, the decision-making process for your business if you're buying a product like this? Help them give you the, to join the dots up. And when you know where, you know, the process, then ultimately you can work that process. And actually then it's a case of them being able to like pledge and understand what actually has to happen next to, to, to make the right action uh, or take the right action. Um, from a leadership point of view, think about like weekly quotas, um, things like gamification incentives, I think is always key. You know, everybody loves like short-term gratification, right? So if you've got an incentive or someone like a sales rep, it can very uh, quickly give them the impetus to actually go and do the actions that they should have done anyway um, to make that happen. Um, other things, you know, you can probably Google a ton of things in, on, you know, on the internet around like offers. Um, you know, if you've got some, some sort of incentive for the end user, i.e. the person's buying, you know, there's that fear of loss or like fear of missing mm -hmm. out if they, if they don't take it, uh, especially if there's a, a numerical impact on that, i.e. financial. Um, so that can create some urgency internally within their business, which will help. Um, and then obviously your language of how you how you obviously portray these things like, you know, limited offer, this is like the last chance to get this, regular contacts. You know, right now it's the end of the quarter uh, for us. So, um, you know, there's a lot of conversations been happening, reminding people about the, the, the incentive that's on and what, what impacts can have if they don't uh, take advantage of it, just to help them have the conversations that, you know, they might push off uh, just to have them quicker because there's actually a financial incentive to make that happen. So there's quite a few things that you can you can do there. Yeah, the, the financial incentive plus the time pressure. I mean, I'm not sure if there's as big a motivator. It's only for myself anyway, for sure. So how can a company then ensure that its short-term revenue goals line up with its long-term sales strategy? Well, um, I think the, the important thing is if that there's not disconnect between leadership and strategy and, and ultimately individuals that, you know, are on the ground in the trenches. So, um, you know, communicating what, what the, the bigger picture is on a regular basis, I think is really important because if the say salespeople are not bought into that, then ultimately they're just going to go, you know, and focus on their agenda. So, um, uh, for us, you know, I think it's really important that tying in things like compensation, um, and like uh, targets and rewards uh, that line in with that bigger picture strategy is going to be really is really important so that everybody's kind of working in the same direction um, and it, and actually like also like penalties uh, so what I mean by that is if there's something that people will go to which isn't really interest for the business in the bigger picture um, you know Commercially wise, you want to incentivize those less or have a lot less, say, commission against them and, and drive and, and ultimately have a lot higher commission for the, for the things you do want to focus on. Mm. Um, and, uh, and ironically, you know, then salespeople will suddenly go towards the things that are going to make them the most money. So, um, <laughs> uh, and then I think how, how leaders can help more is um, data. And what I mean by data is if you've got a specific strategy that you're going to target certain industry or business or achieve certain goal. Um, if you put the right opportunities in front of the sales team, that's automatically going to help them uh, close more of the ops that you want them to close. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, salespeople will just try and close everything that's in front of them. So if you can give them opportunities that automatically fit what you want, for the bigger picture, then it kind of is self-serving. Uh, self it will fix a lot of the problems. So I think like data and, and what you give them is gonna be key as well. 
Absolutely. So it is clear communication, incentivization, and also penalization in a way, which is that's quite an interesting uh, idea you've brought up there. Um, so what mechanisms or sources can sales leaders use to inform and provide appropriate forecasting for their plans? Um, I mean, probably any person listening to this that had some kind of sales team or sales function will have some form of forecasting, right? But it can be anything from a, a spreadsheet, a Google Doc, Teams Docs, um, something that's shared, I think, is, is, is key. So that ultimately a lot of people can put data into it at one point. If you're a bit more sophisticated, then obviously you've got a CRM. A lot of the platforms will ultimately have um, pipeline management, forecasting management in that. Um, that's that's going to obviously be really helpful. Uh, and you know, if you want to take the next step after that, then ultimately you can go external and you can look at specialized pipeline and forecasting software. I'm not going to go and plug any here and now. We have our own internal one, but um if uh, if you want to buy something off the shelf that just does it all for you you can just go and buy it it's pretty pretty straightforward and then it's just making sure that everybody's bought in and using it and you have to go all in if you've got you know 80 percent of people doing it 20 percent it doesn't work everybody has to be bought in so um whatever you do um everybody has to, to basically fall in line for it otherwise it doesn't work um, but really once you've got something that everybody's following on a regular basis at set times set updates then it kind of can fold up and if, whether you've got a team of three or you've got a team of 300 it's kind of the same principle um it just kind of like flows up you just have to be more uh, rigid with ensuring that it, it that no one kind of works outside of those systems mm, and then keeping it sort of consistent i suppose as well so that's it um, we mentioned a couple of things in terms of, you know, um, compensation and penalization, that sort of thing to sort of motivate short term goals into the right direction. What other effective methods are there of achieving that? Um, for like momentum side of things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, tell you what, there's a book, the first goals book I ever read was mm -hmm. 15, 20 years. It was called um, Polar Bear Pirates. Um, and their quest to reach that city. I still remember it now. It's a tiny little book, first goals book I remember it. And um, they, it had something in there called SMUGS, which was um, stands for Small Manageable Unseen Goals. Um, so when you take out, um, you know, when you've got a big goal, it can sometimes seem quite, um, you know, impossible to achieve, or, you know, so big, um, you have to kind of break it down. Like, you know, how do you eat an elephant? bit of time so smugs is about having breaking down these goals into very small bite-sized pieces uh, focusing individuals on on the smaller wins uh, because when you hit that small win it gives you that confidence momentum to keep going um, and also it's, it's a lot more manageable right and uh, you know thinking about the small bit small achievements along the way gives people confidence and motivation to keep keep pushing forward so um, Taking big goals and turning them to short goals is about basically just kind of like chunking it down. Celebrate the wins. Um, and then the, the key thing here is like regular updates um, is, so, is so important. Getting everybody kind of bought into that one goal. Um, you could ask any one of any sales rep in any one of my teams and they will know the number that they need and they'll know what the team needs and they'll know what the, the office needs and, and what the, the, the US needs. So, because we regularly update what their contribution is doing to impact the bigger picture 
Um, and you know, you're only as strong as your weaker link, as weak as link. So you, everybody has to like contribute together. Um, and then just keep everyone accountable to it. You know, whatever their individual goals are, make sure they line in with the company goals and, and hold people accountable. Um, I'm like tons on that, but that's kind of like straightforward. Small goals, celebrate the wins, regular updates, um, and then and hold, hold everyone accountable. And then seeing your sort of your own individual contribution in terms of like the bigger pitch thing, I imagine that is hugely motivating as well. So what was the name of the, the book that you mentioned, Toby? What was it called? Polar Bear Pirates. Polar Bear Pirates, yeah. I'm not sure if it's a well-known one, but it's a, literally, it's a, you know, you can read it in one go. And if, if, if you're getting into like goals for the first time, um, it's like the perfect like starter book that you can read in one go and gives you a really good idea about how to work towards goals and achieve goals. So yes, yeah, good start book. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I hope everyone watching this goes away and gets a copy of that. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, so then what are some common mistakes then to, to, to try and avoid when you're trying to maintain your short-term revenue goals while pursuing your long-term strategy? So salespeople, if you think about it, like who are obviously achieving the, the revenue goals um, and humans in general, I, you know, always tend to go towards, um, you know, short term immediate gratification. So, so what you, you often tend to see is people going uh, for the path of least resistance. Um, so if, so if you've got an individual that's kind of focusing on their own number and what's going to be easiest to get towards that, then it can be really difficult to obviously lead people because they're kind of going in one direction and it's like what's in it for them, that the business have obviously this different agenda. So, um, so what you need to try and do is obviously combine the two uh, as a business to make sure that the, the, the sales individuals are kind of working towards, you know, the business goals as well as their own so that they tie in and they're one and the same. So how we incentivize individuals, um, uh, we incentivize them on the things that are gonna drive towards actually what the company goal, goal is. So will things like comp plans, incentives, and things like that, that will benefit, uh, that they're gonna focus on because it makes them money and gives them recognition and reward, and actually is driving actually their activity and their actions towards you know our, our company goals. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Individuals, like we're all coin operated, especially in sales. So uh, at the end of the day, people will, people will do what is going to, you know, generate the most income for them, uh, especially from a sales, you know, perspective. So um, you know, whatever is least effort to get the most money, they'll lean into. So you need to really make sure that their compensation and how they're incentivized um, is lined up exactly with the, the company goal. Uh, and then it's it's a lot smoother. Um, they'll kind of follow and go towards where you want to go. Um, often, you know, when you think about like short-term revenue goals, people get to a deadline, like an end of quarter, end of month, and then what happens is communication goes out the window. You know, people stop talking about the bigger picture because they're just like trying to get the numbers. Um, and then you and also they stop you stop meeting. And uh, I learned ages ago that actually when things get busier you need to meet more, not less. So what often happens is people just stop meeting and just be like, right, cancel everything. Let's just go full throttle to try and get this thing done. Uh, but that's really when you actually need to meet more uh, and keep them up to date on where they're at against, um, you know, what the company are trying to achieve and, and you know, their incentives and all this kind of stuff. So, um, so there's some like some of the pitfalls, i.e. reps going off 
you know, renegade to go and make themselves the most money. And that goes against the, the business's goals, no lack of communication and lack of meetings. So it's really important that you um, incentivize them to focus on the things that are going to drive the company goals, keep communicating the bigger picture stuff on a regular basis and their impact to it. Um, and just keep meeting with them as much as you possibly can. Those are uh, I suppose in the in the sort of the rush, particularly when you say you're coming to the end of you know quarters or years, halves or whatever, it, it can almost seem counterintuitive that that's the time to go. Hang on a minute, we all need to just keep talking to each other, taking you know taking the team away from the phones, away from the laptops, and just say right, let's just make sure we're all aligned. It's all about the alignment, isn't it? So yeah, um, like ten, ten minutes in of prep can save several hours in a day of unproductive activity. So it's it's worth, you know, spending the time doing it. Absolutely. So, I mean, there's, Toby, I'm pretty much asking everybody about this at the moment, just because it fascinates me and it's sort of a hot topic at the moment. We recently had uh, Benjamin Dennehy on, um, on a webinar, he's the UK's most hated sales trainer. He was saying that AI was going to replace cold calling. Um, what are your thoughts on AI being included in a sales strategy? Um, well, whether it replaces it and how it's included, I think are two different things. I mean, most of Benjamin's training that he offers is around cold calling, ironically. So uh, I hope it doesn't, otherwise he might, might not be a business. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely can play a huge part. So, you know, it's about how can you work smarter? So. Um, things like profiling your audience, you know, understanding what resonates with them. So, you know, if you can understand the types of people that you're outreaching to, um, you know, what things are going to be important to them, um, you know, disc profiling and things like that, and how they receive information, I think mm. is, is, is important. And you can do a lot of that through sort of AI understanding your, your the businesses and things like that. Um, I think AI can do a really good job with things like data, like we talked a little bit about, like if you can automate the, your data to uh, quality to feed the right opportunities to the right people, um, uh, a best in field will, will ultimately, uh, I think, help. So if they know, okay, these types of companies are going to require this, that will have these similar problems, then ultimately AI can help with that. Um, everybody obviously responds differently to different mediums and communication. So AI can help with that, but I don't think it'll ever replace human interaction. Uh, I mean, mm. ultimately, I think that's the key thing here. Um, I think, you know, you know, one day may maybe you won't be able to cold call at some point, you know, there'll be legislation that you can't do it, which would be a shame. But at the end of the day, we, we, we use multiple methods of outreach, um, you know, both cold calling, um, and uh, through like, through LinkedIn and email and all these other types of forms, you know, even like today, right? This is a form of outreach. Um, but, um, you know, human interaction, I think, is key. And you, you know, don't really understand an individual or a business unless you're actually speaking to them and asking good questions. Um, so my my response will be that, yeah, it can, it will help and continue helping. I don't think it will replace it um, in itself, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, and, and as, as is becoming the catchphrase of, of these webinars and podcasts I do, people buy from people. So it's going to be very difficult. While AI can mimic that, it's going to be very difficult to create and foster that, I imagine. But um, Well, people, yeah, people listen to who they like and they buy from who they trust. And you can't <laughs> break trust without having that relationship, right? So I think it'll always be a 
Absolutely. So, Toby, if you could offer up one key takeaway for our audience today on closing deals quicker, what is that one golden piece of advice? Uh, it's to have one. one thing is a tricky one because there's a ton, a ton that you I could talk about. Um, closing deals quicker. I think it's about making sure you've got the right opportunities in front of you that the the business's goals are ultimately lined in with the individual's goals. So you're working together, um, understanding pain points in a bit. Uh, there's no one point. I'm sorry. I can't help myself. But no, it's absolutely fine. <laughs> if, you, if you understand uh, a business's problems, then you can understand how to solve them. Um, you know, without that, you can't really build value. And then the day, if you can show that you can solve a problem that they have quickly, that creates urgency. Um, and then, make sure you've got all the right people that you need to be able to kind of come to a decision. Um, so I know that's not one that's cheating, but um, it, is, it isn't just a one answer. You've got to have these pieces of the puzzle. And if you've got them all right, then you'll be able to create urgency and close lots of deals really quickly. Well, I'm going to let you off with that one, Toby. I'm going to let you cheat your way through our answers. Absolutely no problem at all. Uh, Toby, thank you so much for joining me for this, uh, this B2B sales playbook webinar. Thank you, everybody who's watched this, and we'll see you again very, very soon for another Lead Forensics webinar. Cheers. Thanks, Jack. Well, there you go. That was Toby Fellows with How to Close B2B Deals Quicker. Here are our key takeaways. Use gamification, incentives, and visual tools to meet weekly quotas and create urgency. Break down your big goals into short-term goals, celebrate your wins, and provide regular updates to the rest of the team. Hold everybody in your team accountable. Ensure individual goals align with company goals and incentivize individuals to drive towards company goals. Identify who the decision makers are amongst your prospects using tools like LinkedIn and asking the right questions. Thanks to Toby for joining me for this conversation and thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the B2B Sales Playbook podcast wherever you get your pods and give us a five-star rating where possible. We'll be back next week with another excellent B2B Sales Playbook podcast.